Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I want to thank you for making it your first listen today and every day that it is available, free and available on all podcasting platforms, apps, and the like. Uh, and I know you're tuning in, likely, if you've not been tuning in of late, because we do have news. We have things to talk about. The minor league part of the Rule 5 draft has never been more interesting, never been more important, never been more in the news than it was uh, Wednesday. I had some thoughts. I will repeat some of those thoughts on here. We will get deep into three specific players, two out, two in, one out when it comes to the organization. But for those who don't know me, my name is Jeff Ellis. Before taking over Lockdown Guardians, I guess not really taking over, starting it up, I was the man that went to go and replace Kylie McDaniel at Scout. Uh, you know, you probably now know him from ESPN and all those other things, but yes, I had to fill his shoes uh, at Scout. Uh, and then uh, when Scout got bought, I was the lead draft and prospect guy at uh, 24-7. Now I still like to do that. Now I do that for fun, <laughs> for funsies at some point. Uh, you know, we'll see how long this lockout drags on. But if it goes, uh, you can expect a lot of draft content on this show because uh, eventually the draft will happen. Uh, at some point, I need to sit down and really hammer out what is my, you know, my top prospect list for the draft, and we'll feature that on the show. But enough of draft stuff. Let's talk about the draft that happened today. The Indians entered the day with 36 out of 38 players on the AAA roster. That meant there were two players they could select uh, in this draft. Now, I was really trying to dig, I mentioned before, into the specifics for these uh, players to be selected. From what I can garner, one, they can't be on the AAA roster. Like, that's the thing. These are players who were not put on that select list. We're not one of the 36 players, you know, or up to 38 players listed. You know, there was it the Giants lost six players, the Padres five. So those are teams that really got hit hard in this draft. And then, let's see, uh, for the Indians, like Dakota Clemmer, who they lost, was a 2016 draft pick. Uh, 2018 is when uh, Brent... Uh, Daniels, who they added, was uh, drafted and 2018 as well for Eric Sabrowski. Now, there were some big names. Should we start there? Let's start with the bigger names in this draft. Uh, how about former first-round pick John Duplantier, who we talked about this very week on the show, how he was likely... like I mean, he's got to be a little pissed off, right? <laughs> and, like, what, if you're the... Because the talk was that he was the Giants, he was signed as a minor league free agent this week, and that he would have a camp invite, and you know it wasn't all official because you can't officially name that. But for whatever reason, I mean, the Giants were must have been slammed because I mean they had a lot of players selected. Again, we said six that led all of baseball. But this guy signs; he thinks he's going to go to camp. Maybe he'll still go to camp with the Dodgers, but uh, he got taken by the or. Yeah, he got taken by the Dodgers the third round. The Dodgers were heavy in this, by the way. They took a lot of players. In the third round, they took John Duplantier. I felt a little bit maybe gamesmanshipy, but I mean, I again, uh, you know, I am a Duplantier fan. I can see, and if you're the Dodgers, it's like, what have the Diamondbacks done in terms of pitcher development? I, you know, I talked about this on the show when I discussed him and why it was a good get by the Giants. That that is an organization that really hasn't done well. Who's the last pitcher? go through their whole team. None of their, none of their pitchers are, are developed internally. It's like, do you count Archie Bradley who became a solid reliever? I mean, it, you could, but at the same time, it's like, is that a success or is that a failure? Cause he didn't last as a starter when he had the build and everything else to be a starter. 
balance that and think of it what you will. But you have Duplantier uh, in the second round. The Dodgers took Carson Fulmer, just picking up those former second-round picks. What is interesting with Fulmer is the Dodgers, when Fulmer was there, that's when the Dodgers, you know, they took Jordan Sheffield. They took Jaron Kendall. uh, They took Walker Bueller. One of those is not like the other. But they kept going and, you know, mining Vandy. And here's a Vandy guy. You know, I talked about the Reds are really good at pitcher development. The fact that he couldn't find success there doesn't give me a lot of hope. I mean, I was a huge fan of his out of college. White Sox are pretty good at pitcher development, but it's they're good in it's an assembly line. Like it's you have you have to be the square peg in the square spot. They don't adapt quite as well as others. So I thought when he you know he bounced around, this is his fourth landing place. We'll see if I, the Dodgers are a good place for him. If he doesn't figure it out there, then he's not going to figure it out anywhere. Uh, the Dodgers also took a catcher from the Brewers. Other names that really jumped out: Steve Jennings, who the Yankees took in the first round from the Pirates. Or should I say Stephen Jennings? Like he was a some people viewed him as a first round arm when he was taken and is like a top five prep arm. And we've talked about the Pirates are another crappy developmental team. Pitching has been atrocious in terms of their development. You know, look at all of them. Garrett Cole leaves gets better. Joe Musgrove leaves gets better. It's it's uh, Tyler Glass now leaves gets better. It, it, I was just sitting there like reading these results and thinking about this and being like, hey, remember when like the Pirates were supposedly had like a pitching guru who was so good that his assistant was traded for Trevor Williams as a prospect just because teams wanted to go and add more? It, like that happened. So yeah, you know, it, now we look at it as like a wasteland for pitching. But to get back into this, Michael Gigliotti, uh, the Giants took him. You know, they had some open spots enough to go get someone. Jigliotti was at the Rays. I believe he was drafted by the Royals. I can't remember the trade line. He was, what was his, Limbscomb? Libscomb? Uh, you know, i probably mispronouncing it. I can think of the purple jerseys. But he is a potential first-round pick. Fast guy, center field type, backup more than likely. But he was had first-round hype as a player at Limbscomb. Did not put it together. But still, he was there. How about uh, Ronnie Dawson has often intrigued me. Former Ohio State Buckeye. One of the more productive players in Ohio State history. A second-round pick way back when. And, I mean, that was a heck of an Ohio State draft class. I think they had, what, four, maybe five players selected. Dawson was the headliner. I don't know if anyone else has really done much. I'd have to go back and check. I'm trying to remember who, like, the 6'8 first baseman was who just was killing the ball. Like, Vlysok? Vizilsai? Memory. Not what it used to be. But Dawson's been stuck in that Astro system. He's got, like, light five-tool potential, I called it at the time. I mean, he's probably closer to, like, fives and fours, like, honestly. But there's a lot of tools there, and the Reds took him. Uh, Maybe he'll get an opportunity. In in last year, the best player taken, I'm blanking on his name, you know, I think Garrett Whitlock might have been a, a... well, he might have been a Rule 5 selection, but there was another pitcher who was the MLIB. He was in this phase of the draft who went on to help a major league team. It happens. We talked about that briefly on the show earlier in the week. But yeah, there were some big names, some guys to pay attention to. I think I saw Curtis Taylor, who went to the Nationals in the second round, uh, was the only player who was in MLB's top 30 prospect list to get selected. He went there. Uh, you know, was it... it if you're wondering, Manny Ramirez, who went to the Yankees from the Astros, no relation. That's not his son. That's Manny Ramirez Jr. But Jacob Gonzalez, who did go to the Pirates, is Luis Gonzalez's son. 
other fun things, Marlins in the third round took Kobe Vance, second baseman from the A's. Vance was a former Indians draft pick. I think he was pretty close to signing, ended up going to uh, Alabama, I want to say, instead. Uh, infielder type. The Mariners in the fourth round <laughs> took Tommy Wilson. I laugh, and this is weird to me, because, or in the third, I think I said fourth, but maybe I meant to say the third. But I don't see this often in this, that he was selected but traded for cash considerations to the Orioles, that they went and drafted someone in the third round for cash considerations. Uh, the Orioles could have taken him. Like, they, they stopped picking after round two. If they liked him, why didn't they just take him in round three? Like, they could have drafted him because you, you essentially decide to stop. I don't know if they were full up or how this works exactly. I assume they still had to have a spot somewhere in their their AAA roster to be able to add him to make that trade occur. I don't know if they released someone or how that worked. Maybe, that's all I can assume. Otherwise, it's very silly that they didn't just draft him and add him. Why pay cash for a guy you don't have to? Um, and you have to pay $24,000 cash for each player you select. So, But at the same time, you're assuming that the Mets are getting more than that to do a trade. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe they release someone. Uh, Cardinals, it, it right after there, right after there, oof, right after that Mariners pick of Tommy Wilson, they took Jonah Davis, who is undersized. Man, he had big power potential, like plus maybe plus plus power potential. He did strike out forty percent of the time this year, so I don't know what you make about that aspect of it. But he was another name as I was going through who stood out. Uh, Marlins took five players. They went all the way into the fifth round. Only team there. You had the Nationals, Marlins, Braves, and Cardinals all still going in the fourth. So some teams were really at it. What, 56 players I think I saw selected? Or maybe that was last year there were 56 players selected. 51 this year, 56 last year. If you're curious who let them off, or else took Nolan Hoffman of the Mariners. Uh, he is a six foot four righty who's 24 years old, who had good numbers. Uh, wasn't necessarily spectacular, former fifth-round pick. I, I was kind of surprised, like, not surprised with that pick. It's just with some of the other players uh, going through this one. I, I felt like, you know, teams, it, often with this, this is a chance, a second chance to get a guy you like. I mentioned Steven Jennings, just to go back to him. Like, I had heard rumors of him to the Yankees in that draft class. And it didn't happen. He went in the second round of the Pirates for a large amount of money. I can't remember off the top of my head. And he's not been above A-ball. And... Uh, you know, it's just the way it has worked out. Or I'm sorry, that was in 2019. This year he got up to double A, was not productive. But again, you're like, that guy, I'm like, was he also, he might have also been a football player, like just a really good athlete. I'll be curious to see how some of these players do. It's always interesting to see who takes what, why they take them. You also just have to like Walking Cabrera as a name who went from the Rockies to the Mariners who might actually get a chance to play for them, side note. I also have to take a moment here. Brian Keller, who got taken in this draft, I was like, why do I remember this name? So he was, where's Keller taken? He was uh, in the second round by the Red Sox from the Yankees. He is a uh, University of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right in my backyard from Germantown High School. And one of my students who's now an eighth grader, was asking me about him because that was her cousin, uh, his chance of getting to the big leagues. Hey, you know what? A team liked him enough to give him an opportunity. He did pitch all this year in AAA. Control issues, but he missed a lot of bats. Uh, good on Brian Keller. So just kind of a, some, it was a, a very sweet student at that school. So I, I hope her cousin makes the big leagues because uh, 
She was uh, kind to everyone. But uh, enough of that, enough of the <laughs> saccharin and everything else going on. Let's come back. And if teased you enough, we'll come back and discuss the players the Indians added, why they added these two potential pitchers. We'll get into that. We'll also get into the player they lost. So come back and join us for that discussion. Let me tell you about Bet Online, one of our sponsors for almost a year now. They have you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march to the playoffs, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, anything you can imagine, including your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2021. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We got a new sponsor. You know, I always like it. When we get a new sponsor. Have you been hearing a lot about Stance lately? Especially because they just launched a new active apparel. It's holiday gift time and Stance is the coolest gift you can give. Uh, it is incredibly comfortable, well-made, socks, skirts, joggers, and hoodies. And, you know, Stance is different versus boring old socks, underwear, and apparel that you don't have to settle for anymore. Stance can change the, you know your mindset by offering color, comfort, and creativity like no one else. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborations for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. They have a ton of collaborators like Wu-Tang Clan, Batman, The Goonies, Star Wars, The Office, just about anything you can imagine, including Major League Baseball. It's a merger of cool and comfort and Stance believes the perfect fit matters for fitting in. Those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com and get your and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. So, as I teased, as we say in the parlance, the Indians added players. They added two players. Let's talk about the most interesting and the one I want to spend the most time on. And that is Eric Zabrowski. I had previously mentioned, you know, the Padres had the second most players selected in this draft. And one of those was uh, thanks to the Indians. Zabrowski is really interesting. Talking again about a guy drafted in 2018 who didn't pitch in the minors until this year. Uh, He had been, let's go dig this out. He was a first team all-star as a DH his first year at uh, his community college, which was Cloud County Community College not you know huge name program and then the next year as a starter all he did was strike out 117 guys in 66 innings which is almost 16 strikeouts per nine his walk rate was only three and a half uh he's a six foot four 235 pound lefty originally from i this doesn't have a list i wanted to say he was from edmonton canada somehow not a hockey player but almost too big uh no i mean there's there's guys that big but again 6'4 235 designated hitter first baseman and pitcher in 2017 uh he did pitch in a summer league in edmonton also hit in that league by the way in that summer league in 39 games 143 plate appearances 339 average 415 on base 492 slugging Uh, his first year in college as a dh 
339 batting average, three home runs, 20 RBIs, and 124 at-bats. I know those are not stats I love, but those are the stats that I had. Uh, and he didn't pitch a ton that year. He had only 18 and two-thirds innings. Next year, as a starter, he was setting records. Fell to the 14th round because of an unknown to some degree. He's a big lefty. He had one big year at a smaller school. Cloud County Community College in Concordia, Kansas, has seen Jake Diekman and Brendan Ha sign from there. Brendan Ha was in 1987 when he was drafted out of there, and he played one year in the minors. And Jake Diekman, you know, I don't know if that was his final stop. If he was, I think that was where he was drafted out of, yeah. So Jake Diekman's the only player to come out of there so far. It's not a big program. Kyle Peter is a guy who was drafted multiple times from there. Didn't sign either time. Tigers tried him two separate times in the, uh, and then Ken Ken Schwartz, who also did not sign from there. Man, this Kyle Peter drafted in the 42nd round out of Archbishop Hera High School, 40th round out of Cloud County, 49th round out of Cloud County, and the Tigers draft him a third year in a row in the 34th round out of Washburn University. Uh, He got up to double A, but that is persistence, man. The Tigers drafted him three years in a row. They really liked Kyle Peter. Ken Schwartz never played. (laughs) have no data on him after being drafted in 82. So, yeah, this is not a big program. This is not a program that is going to have a ton of eyes on it. Very, very rarely has players drafted. Again, Zabreski was a 14th round select. He's been hurt. Didn't pitch in 2017 after being drafted. Didn't pitch in 2018 or 19 due to injury. Missed 2020 due to the pandemic. This was his first year pitching in the minors. He had a 1.86 ERA and only 29 innings. A strikeout rate of 12.72. A walk rate of 3.72. Big guy. I think the best tweet on it probably came from Justin Lada, who very succinctly, like I, you know, I, I put a right out there. You go and you look at the data. You're like. Okay, he's a big lefty. He's got kind of an interesting high arm slot. Here's Justin's. I just saw the high arm slot. But Justin goes, I'm stunned that uh, Cleveland took a pitcher that has a high arm slot with a big vertical curveball. So I didn't know about the big vertical curve at the time. At his age, because he is 24 years of age, just turned it uh, on Halloween, and has pitched only in high A, all of 29 innings in the minors in the, what, four seasons since he's been drafted. You know, already had Tommy John out of the way. Uh, comes from a situation where he's at a, you know, he hasn't had chances to pitch, so everything has been about coaching with him, and this is not a good developmental system. It'll change now that they got Ruben out there, but it's not right now. He's coming into a good place, a good spot. I think they might look to just turn him into a reliever, fastball curve, and fast track him. If he's got to be on the AAA roster and he's got to stick there, interesting player. Good athlete, big build, fastball curve, arm slot, Really effective at missing bats. There's a lot to like. Like this player, as a and again as a lefty, he could end up helping this team. He's a really interesting player to add to your system at the cost of twenty four thousand. Size, athleticism, production. What's not to like? You can see why they targeted him with the eleventh overall pick in the draft. And again, they picked eleventh because some teams didn't have any open spots and some teams chose not to add anyone. The other player they took in round two, they had two spots. They came back and took Brett Daniels from the Houston Astros. A 17th round pick in 2018, he pitched at North Carolina, very opposite of Cloud County, a very known program. He was a senior sign. He was always productive there. Uh, always been a reliever. When he always been a reliever? No. College, he was always a reliever. Had okay walk rates. Strikeout rate was okay. Like He was just kind of okay throughout college. He was solid but not spectacular. 
2019, they tried him as a starter, uh, and then he was a starter this year in Double A uh, for Corpus Christi. And the numbers aren't great, but again, he missed bats. Now the walk rates have been up and down, but the strikeout rate as a starter has been over 11 in Double A. So there's some ability to miss bats. Uh, Houston has developed well, so you're not necessarily looking at him as a guy who can make a huge jump. He is already 25 years of age. He was drafted, like I said, in 2018, like Saborski, but Saborski was a Ju- Juco guy, and uh, Daniels was a senior sign. So, yeah, I you know, there's not a whole lot on him out there, honestly. Or, I'm sorry, I keep saying Brent. <laughs> it's Brett Daniels. Not Brent, Brett Daniels. E- even after the draft, some places had news and stuff. Everything about him was just, hey, this is this is the list. There was not much more to it than this was the list of players that were selected. The the general knowledge is pretty low. Really too much to tweet on him. I didn't have any tweets on him. I tweeted about a lot of uh, players after the draft and had all of my thoughts. But I didn't really sit back and uh, tweet about him. Zaborski is really interesting. Daniels just, maybe there's, you know, again, you never doubt the Indians scouting when it comes to arms. There's clearly something they like. I also just think that he's going to be a solid depth arm. He's got some, he can miss some bats. There's some upside to him. Why not? And that's fine too. If he's just a depth guy who can help out, you know, they lost Scott Moss. Uh, Some other players are moving up. They do need some, potentially some more starters at that level. Well, I'll throw you this. So Ephesius Tosser at E-E-F-U-S Tosser is a, he's a good follow on Twitter. Astros, there's a lot of Astros writing, but good follower has a lot of great information. Uh, so he, here's the, the, what he had on Daniels. He was a senior reliever out of UNC, strong debut, faltered in the high minors, high spin fastball and a potent change. So spin rates, lied to the Indians draft him, spin rates. The, that's really what it is there. Maybe they can get more out of him. Sometimes it works out. Uh, and then sometimes you get, you know, it, I mean, I, I think Maton worked out because they turned him into another player who's quite good. But then there's also like the Hunter Woods. Sometimes you get something, sometimes you don't. But it is interesting to see, even as you're going through, it's like I, I was doing the Twitter deep dive to see if people were talking about him. And that that's about the only tweet where anyone really uh, focused entirely on Daniels and, you know, discussed him in depth. I should also mention uh, Saborski is going to miss all of next year if Tommy John's. Uh, he will not help the team next year. That's, I believe, his second Tommy John. So he is already you know, someone who has been beat up. Uh, again, the Padres are not good at development, so that should not come as a surprise at all uh, that he might still have arm issues and needs some more work. But yeah, Daniel's spin rate guy. Zaborski is a really interesting upside gamble on a guy who you're hoping comes back in 2023 at the age of 25. And then is, like I said, he's going to be a fast track reliever for the Indians. We're going to come back and discuss the one player they lost. So as mentioned, the Indians lost one player in the draft, and it was kind of fascinating to me. Dakota Clemmer is that player, drafted way back in 2016. He is 25 years of age, in spite of when he was drafted. A Juco player, just like Zaborski, a lot of similarities, though Zaborski is 24, drafted in uh, 2018. Uh, Clemmer is 25. He will be 26 before the season begins, drafted in 2016. He was, let's see, he was a day three pick, 19th round, 572nd overall. Uh, basically, out of the shoot for them, he's been a reliever. He has been a reliever since 2016 in the minors. And he's missed bats at points. 
He was uh, he pitched in Double A this year. It was his first year in the upper minors. But what's fascinating here is John Mirabelli, who we talked about recently, having left this organization to become like the right hand of the GM of the Washington Nationals. He knows this system very well. He was. I'm trying to think if he was still like in charge of. No, Bud Grant was in charge by the time of the scouting department when this pick was made. But Mirabelli knows this player. I am 100% certain he knows him, and he's got some funk to him. It's not a typical delivery, which often these MILB guys are kind of a little bit different, a little bit funky. And sometimes it works out for players like Cole Solcer, who used to pitch in the Indian system, was kind of almost like a throwaway uh, in the uh, the Carlos Santana deal, I want to say. you know, And then he's been really good for Baltimore. But for Clemmer, he was, I have to feel like Mirabelli wanted him. There's something that he feels like is a little bit more there. And he did break out this year in terms of strikeout rate. After being a guy in 2019 whose strikeout rate was around 8, and 2018 where it was sitting around, you know, let's see, probably around 8 as well, uh, he struck out 11 per 9 this past year. So he had a, a significant jump there. His hit rate was very low. His walk rate did jump with that. His walk rate had, and still for his minor league career, it's around 3.58. Last year was almost 6. So that's the thing. He became a lot harder to hit, and he missed a lot more bats, but the command, uh, I should say the control just was not there for him. You know, not a player that I was focused on losing. I wish him well. The Nationals took a lot of players in this draft. You know, he was, as I think I mentioned, he was a player that you know, the Nationals took four players, and I think he was the fourth player they took. Uh, talked about Chris Taylor, who was a, a prospect, who was the only top 30 prospect selected uh, in the entire draft. Uh, Andy Young was one of the players that uh, went uh, for Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, you know, there's some interesting players, but why Clemmer stood out, and I was kind of curious, he's a Washington Post article, I wonder if they mentioned the fact that, uh, no, they don't mention the fact that uh, he, the connection between their, you know, their new reliever and their new front office person. So, uh, again, I, I'm always excited for these players. It's good. This means an organization wants you. They're going to pay tens of thousands of dollars to add you because they think you have potential it is a fresh start it is a chance to go somewhere where you are wanted it's not to say that any of these players were not wanted by the organizations but these are organizations that are paying money they want you enough to take that gamble so i think it's great for all of them i think it's great for clemmer i think it's great for the guys the indians added at the end of the day i will gladly trade to cody clemmer for the two guys they added today uh we'll see what they can do with the spin rate specialist and daniels uh you know, maybe they make him a reliever again. Maybe that's at the focus. Maybe they're like, you know, starter, eh, it hasn't really worked. Let's let him be a two-pitch guy, put him in the pen, and make him a reliever, fastball change, and forget this starting junk. And the Indians need bullpen help. We've talked about that in depth. And Zaborski is, I mean, that's just a, that's an upside gamble. That is a pure gamble on a lefty with athleticism. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and take on this. And if you're listening, remember, please rate and review. We're at 90 reviews. Let's get 10 in there and get us over 100 reviews and bury that last bad one. If you've enjoyed the show, you know, it is a free show. So one thing I'm asking, if you haven't, please go leave a review. It'd be very helpful and it'd be awesome to get over uh, 100 total reviews in iTunes. Uh, download daily. Let's keep, let's break the top 50 next week. Locked on Guardians team. Thank you for listening. And as we now say, 
Go, go, Guardians, go.